With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Episode 66 of Rams Up. We are getting close to our one-year anniversary, hard to believe. And what do we have for you this episode? Well, the focus is going to be a preview of the Ram Niners Week 18 game, the second contest between these divisional rivals. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick look back at the Ram-Raven game and have some additional Ram news for you. And after that, we're going to have our power rankings game picks, and another segment of our Who's Pumped, Who's Pissed, and Who's Perplexed. Take a look at the fan bases and how they feel about their teams right now. That's always a little bit of fun. So how about those Rams against the Ravens? Aaron Donald graded out at 90.9, the sixth time this year he has been over 90. Cooper Cup at 84.4. I still don't understand how he's not in the 90s every game. The entire offensive line and Tyler Higby were north of 70. Brian Allen led the way with an 83.8 and David Edwards an 83. And Darius Williams graded out very well, 79.7. 
And a note on Von Miller. Since the bye, he is sixth among edge rushers with 26 pressures, just two behind T.J. Watt. And he is the fourth highest graded run defender off the edge as well. A quick look at the snap counts from the Raven game. The thing that jumped out at me was Ben Skoranek, 27 snaps, just four less than Van Jefferson. So it's nice to see our seventh round draft pick contributing. I think the Rams have plans for him. He's exactly what they like in receivers. He blocks. He's a great route runner and a good locker room presence. So him and Van Jefferson both making me feel very good about our receiving core moving forward. And why do I say Skaronic is a good locker room presence? Well, he's been a team captain every step of the way, high school and on to college. On the defensive side, once again, Aaron Donald did not miss a snap. Greg Gaines missed two snaps with that banged up hand. Got to hand it to him for sticking in there. And with Ernest Jones out, Troy Reader has seen an uptick in snaps. He was out there for 96% of the snaps against the Ravens. Trevin Howard, 20 snaps. And Justin Hollins, 11 snaps. Going into the Monday night football game between the Browns and Steelers, the Rams led the league in sacks for a New York minute anyways. They had 47, but then the Steelers pulverized Baker Mayfield and took the lead. By the way, in that Ram-Raven game, Nick Scott broke his thumb. The Rams don't expect him to miss any time, though. And Cooper Cup, he needs 11 catches and 135 yards in this season finale against the Niners to tie the single-season records in both of those categories. That's going to be tough against this Niner defense, but it could happen. It'd be super cool if it did. And Tom, one of our listeners, sent me this stat. Most TDs over the last six weeks, Devontae Adams, eight. OBJ and Cooper Cup with five. A couple other guys tied up with them at five. Mark Andrews, the Ravens tight end, and Jamar Chase. I don't know if you guys caught my Mount Rushmore Ram haters a couple months ago, and I named Skip Bayless as one of those four guys that hates the Rams. And he came at him again the other day after that Ramsey rap scrap during the game. He was going to discuss on his show, hey, are the Rams imploding? If your name's not Tom Brady and your team name is not the Cowboys, Skip Bayless is going to come at you. He just wants the attention. It'll be so much fun if the Rams knock the Cowboys out of the playoffs. Skip will make it that much more enjoyable. The 15 finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame were named. No surprises, really. I addressed this a while back, and I listed my five guys that I would pick. I'm going to flex a little bit here. I had originally said Devin Hester, and I think Devin Hester belongs in the Hall of Fame. When you are the best at a position or at a skill in the history of the NFL, I think you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And Devin Hester is the best punt returner ever. However, it's his first year of eligibility, so maybe not this time. I'd have no problem if he did get in this year, but I don't think he's going to cut it this year. My five, right off the top of my head, Tony Bazzelli, one of the best offensive tackles ever. Leroy Butler, the safety Richard Seymour, the great defensive tackle for the Patriots, and two wide receivers, Torrey Holt and Reggie Wayne. That's my five. I was looking at the possibilities 
as far as Super Bowl matchups, who the Rams might play, and I rated them for you, one through eight, what I think would be the most attractive, not the best matchup for the Rams, but just the matchup that would be a heck of a lot of fun. And coming out on top for me is the Rams-Bengals. How much fun would that be? Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow against that Ram defense, Zach Taylor versus Sean McVay. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Number two would be the Rams-Chiefs. Man, the Patriots really spoiled what would have been a great rematch of that Ram-Chief game in 2018. That game was one of the best in the history of the NFL, and I think a Ram-Chief Super Bowl would be pretty explosive. Number three would be the Rams-Chargers. Chargers have a great offense, and so do the Rams. That would be a high-scoring affair, I'm pretty sure, in an all-LA Super Bowl. A lot of people across the country wouldn't be thrilled with that, but I would. Number four would be the Rams-Bills. Remember that 2020 game between the Rams and Bills? Rams came storming back and almost stole a win. That'd be a fun game. Bills-Rams, I think. Josh Allen testing that Ram defense. Stephon Diggs and Jalen Ramsey. Be a lot of great players on the field in that one. Number five would be the Rams-Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are especially good team. I think the Rams would thrash them, but that'd be kind of special. Number six would be the Rams-Colts, and the excitement factor is telling off here. I think that's a game the Rams would be heavily favored, but don't underestimate Jonathan Taylor. Then again, the Rams' run defense has been spectacular, so big edge for the Rams in that one. And number seven and eight, Two that I wouldn't really like to see, and I think most of the country wouldn't be that thrilled either. Rams-Patriots and Rams-Titans. Although that Titans game, if Derrick Henry was back, that would be an interesting matchup for the Rams defense. I just don't think either of those games would be especially exciting. Next up, a preview of that Ram-Niner game. Football fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a no-brainer offer for you. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win a 100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's look at this Ram Niner game. San Francisco leads the series 74 to 67 with three ties. The Niners have won the last five. I know you don't need to be reminded about that. The Rams won the two before that. Rams are favored by five and a half. Weather obviously will not be a factor at SoFi. Rams are 12 and four. San Francisco comes in 9-7, and seven, needing a win badly. They could miss out on the playoffs with a loss. 
Their defense is sixth best in the league as far as defensive yards allowed. Very balanced offense. They can hurt you in the run game and the pass game. Now, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be, Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. They both offer different challenges. Garoppolo's good at getting the ball out quickly to his receivers. Very experienced. Trey Lance, a little bit more of a multi-threat quarterback, but he's bound to make mistakes. He'll hurt you in the run game a little bit. I'd rather go against Trey Lance if it was my choice. What have they done in their last five? They lost to Seattle. Then they bounced back and beat the Bengals and Falcons. Then they lost to the Titans in that Thursday night game. Kind of gave that one away. At least Jimmy G did. And then they came back and beat the Texans. A game that was pretty tight until the second half. Their key players, well, the quarterback Lance or Garoppolo, we don't know. Greg Kittle, is he the best tight end in the league? Well, he's at least the second best. The young running back, Elijah Mitchell, has looked really promising. Debo Samuel, a receiver that will also hurt you in the run game. Wide receiver Brandon Ayuk has come on, finally contributing to this offense on a regular basis. One of the best left tackles in the game, Trent Williams. And on the defensive side, Fred Warner. I say one of the best linebackers in the league. And Nick Bosa, the defensive end. Let's take a look back at that November game between the Rams. A Monday night game, the Niners won 31-10. They opened that game with an 18-play drive. How is that even possible? 18 plays, take a 7-0 lead. Rams first possession. Andrew Whitworth gets called for unnecessary roughness, puts the Rams behind the chains, and on 3rd and 11, Stafford throws a pick 6, and just like that, it's 14 nothing Niners. Niners have run 18 plays, the Rams have run 3, and the Niners are up 14 to nothing. Rams kind of answered 75-yard drive on 7 plays to make it 14-7, to then the Niners come back with an 11-play 91-yard drive to take a 21-7 lead. Late in the half, Rams have a chance to close it to 21-10, but they fake the field goal from the San Francisco 17. It's unsuccessful, and they turn the ball over on downs. So take away that pick six, and we kick that field goal there. We're down maybe 14-10 instead of 21-7 at halftime. But the Rams' offense goes three and out on their first three possessions of the second half, and the 49ers put away the game. And the narrative after that was the Rams got punched in the mouth. It's kind of annoying that if you beat another team with a run game and quick passes, you're punching them in the mouth. If you beat a team throwing the ball around, hitting seven, eight different receivers for 350 yards, it's not punching them in the mouth. It's something else. I don't know what you call it, but that's what they were saying after this game, that the Niners punched the Rams in the mouth. It's really kind of silly. The Niners got their running game going, especially on first and second down. That allowed them to throw quick passes, get the ball out quickly, neutralizing the Rams pass rush. If that's getting punched in the mouth and whatever, you can call it whatever you want. But it did come down to the Rams not being able to slow down that run game on the early downs. Allowed the Niners to control the clock. Frustrated the Rams. I think it affected McVay's play calling. Rams kind of panicked a little bit. But hopefully they learned a lesson there. So what are the fearsome four keys to this rematch? Well, 
Here's some key number one is pretty obvious. Stop that Niner running game on first and second down, right? It's going to be Mitchell and it's going to be Samuel in the run game. Got to nip that in the bud. Force the Niners into third and seven and third and eight. Don't let them put together these long drives behind that running game. Fearsome key number two, limit George Kittle. That's always a goal against the Niners. They love to hit him with those little quick passes. Some teams have had success limiting him, but it doesn't happen very often. I don't know if it means putting Jalen Ramsey on him, committing Ramsey to shutting down Kittle, at least limiting him, but the Rams got to find a way. Fearsome key number three, don't get behind the chains on offense. Just like we have to limit them on first and second down, we can't be putting ourselves in third and seven and third and eight ourselves. We need to pick up some quick, easy first downs. Got to limit those three and outs. Let's pick up some darn first downs early in the game. At least get the field position going in our favor. And that's all dependent on success on first and second down. Here's some key number four. Well, if the Niners think they can punch us in the mouth, maybe the Rams need to play a little smash mouth early. I love the way our run defense has been playing. We need to hit hard and hit early on defense especially, but also on offense. Get Sony going. If they think they can punch us in the mouth, send a message early on. If that's what you think you're doing, punching us in the mouth well, we can play that game too. We're going to get some tackles for losses early in the game when you have the ball, and we're going to pummel you in the run game when we have the ball. My prediction, Rams 24, Niners 17. The one thing that makes this game tough to predict is There's an old adage I heard years ago that when you have two good football teams playing and one has a lot more on the line than the other, bet on that team. And that team in this game would be the Niners. The Rams are in. I mean, this game is important for the Rams, but it's much more important for the Niners. So hopefully the Rams will be equally motivated. And maybe that five-game losing streak is what does the trick for them. So Rams 24, Niners 17. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a stressful game, but I think the Rams come out with a win. Coming up next, we have our updated power rankings, our game picks, and we're going to look at which fan bases are pumped, which ones are pissed, and which ones are perplexed. Let's get to our power rankings and our game picks. And we're also going to throw in our PPP segment. Whose fans are pumped? Whose fans are pissed? And whose fans are perplexed? But first, those power rankings. These are the last ones before the final regular season weekend. And I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to give you my top 14. And I'm going to start from the bottom. Number 14, I have the Philadelphia Eagles who have secured a playoff spot and are coming on strong. Worth noting, though, that their last four wins have come against some fairly weak competition. We're going to find out a lot more about them in this game against the Cowboys. Number 13, the San Francisco 49ers. I had them slip a little bit. Quarterback situation still a little unsettled. Good football team. They could do some damage in the playoffs if they play well but they're my number 13 team right now. 
Number 12, the New England Patriots. This is a team I would not want to face in the playoffs, but I don't think they have the roster that matches up well with some of these other teams across the league, these other top 10 teams I'm about to get to. But still, with their coaching and their approach to the game, they can beat just about anybody. Number 11, the Indianapolis Colts. I was surprised they could not handle the Raiders. Still a good football team. I expect them to win a playoff game. Number 10, the Los Angeles Chargers. Can't quite figure them out. I know their defense is weak. Their offense can be extremely potent. But Justin Herbert is still susceptible to making some big mistakes. He's a young quarterback, super talented, and they got to beat a team I'm not even listing here in this top 14, the Las Vegas Raiders. So they better win that game. Number nine, the Dallas Cowboys. That offense, just not reliable. They lose Michael Gallup for the season now. A little bit of a hit. And I'm just not sure their offense has what it takes against some of these better defenses in the playoffs. Their defense, no issues there, but offense cannot count on them. Number eight, the number one seed in the AFC right now, the Tennessee Titans. If you listen to this podcast often enough, you know that I'm not sold on them. They have a formula for success, but they don't have a lot of ways they can beat you. But then on the other hand, they may get Derrick Henry back for the playoffs. That makes them a scary team, especially with a bye in the first round. Number six, the Buffalo Bills, another team that on occasion disappoints us. Josh Allen throwing three interceptions last week. Still a very solid football team on both sides of the ball, well coached. If they hit their stride, they could be Super Bowl bound. Number five, the Arizona Cardinals. Just when I started to count them out, they go into Dallas and play very well without DeAndre Hopkins. Scary team, hoping we can avoid them in week one of the playoffs. But I still think we win that game. Number four, the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they are sending a message to the rest of the AFC North. Hey, glad to have you guys around for the next five or six years, but we might own this division. Number three, the Los Angeles Rams. I wanted to put them at number two, but I still was a little shaken by some of the mistakes they're making on offense. But then again, they come back and win that game in Baltimore. And I don't care who Baltimore is putting on the field. That's a tough place to go in and win a game against a team, the Ravens, who needed a win extremely badly. Rams pulled off, but I still have them behind my number two team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though the Chiefs lost to Cincinnati, they have been playing overall very good football. They still have all those weapons on offense, and their defense has played pretty well all season long. So I have them slightly above the Rams. I'm fighting against my natural bias here. I really want to put the Rams at number two, but I'm going to leave it like that. Chiefs two, Rams three, and of course, the number one team, the Green Bay Packers. Not much more to say about that. They've earned it, and they're going to have home field at Lambeau through the playoffs. They're going to be a tough out. We'll get to my game picks. Uh, Mike 
Lorenzo and I all went 13 and 3 last week. Pete Prisco went 12 and 4. I was the only one to pick the Bengals, but I was also the only one to pick the Browns, so that hurt me. I should have thought that through Ben's last game in Pittsburgh. Should have went with the Steelers. My bad. I am not infallible, as most of you know by now. But still, I have a four-game lead on Pete Prisco now, so I've pretty much sealed that up for the regular season. I'm two behind Mike Florio and not catching Lorenzo. He's eight ahead of me. He's six ahead of Mike. And by the way, some of these numbers for Mike, Lorenzo, and Pete, I adjust every week. I check their sites to make sure I've captured their record correctly. So these are the numbers I'm pulling from their sites and my record, 64% correct, straight up. Mike's at 65%, Lorenzo at 68 Pete bringing up the rear at 63%. All of us over 60%, though, that's respectable. This week's game picks, those Saturday games, Cowboys at Eagles, and this is one of the few games where we're going to get some divergence on. I'm going with the Eagles. I think the Cowboys are the better team, but man, they did not look good last week, and the Eagles are feeling it. They're at home. Should be a fun game, but I'm going with the Eagles. Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs bounce back with a win there against a tough Bronco defense. On to the Sunday games. The Bills take care of the Jets. The Patriots handle the Dolphins. And the Ravens take care of the Steelers. Colts will have no issues with the Jags. Bengals at Browns. Now, this is a tough one. The Browns are not playing well. They're really banged up in the secondary. Baker Mayfield, however, has been put on injured reserve. Case Keenum will play in his place. Is Case Keenum better? He might be. And the Bengals will not be playing Joe Burrow or Joe Mixon. So, man, who knows? I'll go with the home team. I'll take Cleveland. Titans over the Texans. Saints over the Falcons. Packers over the Lions. Bucks at home over the Panthers. Bears and Vikings, this is another game that some will probably pick the Bears. I'm going to go with the Vikings. The Washington football team will take care of the Giants, who are just playing horrible football right now. Seahawks at Cardinals, it would be sweet if the Seahawks won this game, but I do not think they will. Cardinals over the Seahawks. Rams, Niners, you know how I feel about it. Rams are going to take care of business. I suspect Pete Lorenzo and Mike may be leaning towards the 49ers. We'll have to wait and see. Chargers at Raiders. And this is the Sunday night game. Winner is in. The loser is out. I'm taking the Chargers. This is going to be a fun game. And I suspect some people will be taking the Raiders, but I'm going to take the Chargers. They played lights out football last week. They seem to be humming along. The Raiders seem to be pumped for that game last week against the Colts at home after the passing of John Madden. Can they carry it over? Well, you would think that a playoff play-in game, everybody will be up for that. And if that's the case, edge goes to the home team, but I'm taking the better team, the Los Angeles Chargers. So let's get through our pumped, pissed, and perplexed segment. This is always a lot of fun. Haven't done it in a few weeks. Let's talk about which fan bases are pumped right now. Well, an obvious one is the Arizona Cardinals. They've been kind of struggling, right? Then they go into Dallas, 
still missing some key players, and they played extremely well, coached very well. Cliff Kingsbury put together a great game plan. Kyler Murray played really well. Cardinals pull off the win at Dallas. So their fans may have been a little perplexed going into that game, but they're pumped now, I'll tell you that. And the Eagles fan base has to be pumped. Four straight wins in the playoffs. Man, early in the season, they looked like a horrible football team. This is a team you could see in round one at SoFi Stadium against the Rams. And the Raider fan base is pumped. Big win at home against the Colts. And now they have the Chargers come into town. The season finale, they are pumped. And that stadium is going to be rocking. And most pumped of all has to be the Cincinnati Bengal fan base. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you got those two guys. Two young, super talented players on offense. Very exciting. The Bengals, who have not had a lot of good times over the last 10, 15 years, looking like the class of the AFC North at this point. Who's perplexed? Seahawks fans have to be perplexed. What is going on with Russell Wilson? He plays horribly. There's rumors about it. Him moving on after this year as Pete Carroll retiring. Then they go out and put a thumping on the Detroit Lions. That offense playing the way fans had been hoping they would all year long. 51 points on Detroit. But if you're a Seahawks fan, what do you make of it? Where do you go from here? Is this enough to say, hey, let's keep Russell? Let's keep the band together and see what we have next year? Or do we blow it up? Who knows what the Seahawks are going to do? Cowboys fans have to be perplexed. They were just cruising along, playing so well. Their offense was finally starting to produce. And then the Cardinals come in and kind of thump them, really. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan base is going, what do we do now? We've lost Chris Godwin. And then that Antonio Brown fiasco on the sideline. Two of our big targets gone. Yeah, we got the division sealed up, and we have Tom Brady. But, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't feel really comfortable if I was a Bucks fan at this point. Having to deal with teams like the Rams and Packers and Cardinals and Cowboys in the playoffs without those two guys. Yeah, hang your hat on Tom Brady. I get it. But if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm a little worried. Well, who's pissed? Vikings fans are probably pissed about how this whole season went down. They have a chance to sneak into the playoffs. They lose that game at home to the Rams, and then Kirk Cousins tests positive. Basically blows up any chance of beating the Packers. And now they're pretty much done for the year. Uh, yeah, there's a slight chance they could get in. but And then Mike Zimmer really talking crap about his young quarterback. I don't know, just not a good look. Don't know where the Vikings go from here, but their fan base has to be a little pissed and just overall pissed off about how this whole season went down, all those close games. I guess you could call that perplexed, but when you throw in everything else, what could have been for the Vikings, I think they're pissed. And Giants fans are pissed, maybe even more embarrassed. I talk with a Giants podcaster on occasion, and I see his tweets, and man, they have just had it. This whole organization needs to be blown up as far as they're concerned. Coach, quarterback, GM, all of them, please leave. Bring in new leadership. Bring in new players. Get this once-proud franchise turned around fast. 
And Chiefs fans have to be pissed. Now, I didn't see the Bengals-Chiefs game. I, I have it taped. I need to go watch it. I do know that they are extremely pissed off about the refereeing in that game. Yeah, I know, broken record. How many times have we heard this? But this was a critical game. Could cost the Chiefs a number one seed. From what I heard, it was pretty bad. The number of calls that went against them, the number of questionable calls. So they have to be pissed. But hey, you know what? Kansas City, you're in a pretty good spot. So no no tears here for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's my pumped, pissed, and perplexed segment. Hope you enjoyed it. That's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back Monday morning with a recap of what I fully expect to be a Rams win over the San Francisco 49ers, securing that number two seed. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It's greatly appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama. Hama.